Today, we have a guest who sounds like an eight-year-old kid, but don't be fooled by her sweet appearance and her adorable voice. She's feisty, fearless, a-house, author, and coach who's helped hundreds of business owners scale. She's actually even an amateur boxer. With us today, we have Nadia Feiner. Hello. Hey, thank you for having me. <laughs> what, what an intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Thank you so much, Nadia. Well, well that's I, uh, okay. I heard several uh, interviews with you and I saw some videos. And actually, recently, I saw you were on the BBC, uh, bbc.com. That was uh, incredible. And uh, I've read all of that. That's pretty fantastic. So why don't you start by telling us who you are and tell us your story. Okay, sure. So um, I'm a business coach and I, I live in the UK. And like you said, I specialize in helping entrepreneurs to go big in their business. And particularly I work with people who feel little. So whether that's because they're shy or they've got doubts about their abilities or they feel like imposter syndrome or something like that. Um, also people who feel like their business is just too small <laughs> and they want to make more money and help more people and have a bigger impact. So that's kind of my work. That's what I do. But um, I'm really on a mission to help people to go bigger, to unleash the bigness in their business. And the reason I'm so passionate about this is um, because all my life I've struggled um, with my own doubts and insecurities. And I've, you know, I know what it's like to, to play small and hold yourself back. And I feel like uh, it's taken me a long time and it's ongoing work, but I kind of, I've got there and I feel like it's really important for, um, for business owners to, to not hold themselves back. It's such a shame when I see people do this and see people kind of playing so small and not making the kind of impact of the kind of money that they deserve. So yeah, that's kind of why I do what I do, but my story, like you alluded to, um yeah it's kind of it's a bit of a weird story but essentially it started where me wearing some headphones like this um like the ones I'm wearing now um in a language laboratory at school I was about 15 and we had to we were doing French and um living in England we all learn French here and um I love French I really do and um, I have a terrible accent, it's very English, but anyway. We had to talk about a film we'd seen, and you were wearing the headphones, and then you hit record, and then you listen back to um, your voice. And this was a new language, lab language laboratory in our school. And um, so I hit, I put the headphones on, did the recording, hit play to listen back to... Um, the recording and I got this big shock because I heard a voice saying what I had said but I was pretty sure it wasn't me because it sounded like a really small kid and I was like what what's going on like who's that why are they saying what I just said and then I you know I am honestly I am quite smart but it took me a while to realize that it was actually me and I was like, 
what the hell do what why do I sound like that oh my god nobody's ever told me I sound like that and um you know I realized you know when you have like a conversation with yourself in your head and I thought my god I sound like I'm eight years old, no one's ever told me I'm a complete freak and therefore I shall, from this day forth, I shall, you know, never speak publicly again. Like, that seemed like a good idea. (laughs) And so, yeah, I just, you know, in that moment, everything kind of shrunk around me and I decided I wouldn't phone people I don't know I would never go on the stage or give a talk or be in a video or anything like that where people might hear me but without knowing me first if you know what I mean and so through school and university it really held me back and then professionally too although my career was going fine people said would say stuff to me like it's amazing to me that people make comments but they do um even now they do like when people ring when people ring my house they ask to speak to my mum <laughs> which is weird because I don't live with my mum like I'm 40 years old uh, and um, and I am a mum so that's even weirder but yeah like it's held me back confidence wise I've always had like this kind of insecurity about it and it's been awkward but then as an entrepreneur you know I quit um the corporate world. I was a consultant for a few years at an innovation company. That was my last job. I used to help companies have ideas, which was a really cool job. But when I stopped that and I went off and wrote a book and started my own business, I realized that visibility is key. And it's really important when you run a business to Um, present yourself and to be seen by people so that they can form a relationship with you however I did not do that Mm. (laughs) I hid you know I hid behind my brands I I would barely even have a photo of me anywhere I would I could write you know I can I'm a fairly decent writer so I'd write but you know you wouldn't see a, a photo of me or let alone a video and um it it was you know it was kind of difficult particularly as social media um you know, that was a number of years ago but gradually the importance of visibility it's grown and grown you know you need to be out there and in front of people uh and when you're hiding that's really hard so i you know i continued to hide and then eventually i did the ultimate silly thing where I actually hired someone I was running the PR service and it was going really well and I wanted to scale the business and I thought what I need now rather than me owning the fact that I've created this awesome business what I'll do is I'll bring somebody in who's bigger and louder than me and I can just hide in the background I did that which was not a smart move at all because you know our our approach to business didn't match and she was a bully and it ended up going really wrong we had this this argument where she said to me over the phone you know you're playing small she said she said you're holding us back and you don't deserve to get paid the same as me she said oh rude in your own company 
yeah my own company and I was like right this has got to stop now so I I said you know I got really angry frankly a, a rage came from within me and I said no this is you know you can expect to hear from my lawyer um, this is not gonna continue anymore and I didn't have a lawyer <laughs> but I thought I'll go and get one quickly and yeah it all came crashing down and it was a nightmare but at, at that moment I thought you know I've got a choice here like I've created businesses and grown them and been successful at it and I don't need somebody else to hide behind you know now is the time to stop this nonsense and actually step into who I am and um, there's a quote which came to mind by Joseph Campbell I don't know if you know of him but he said that the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek so this idea that there's treasure in a cave but you're too scared to go in and get it I thought yeah that sums it up really for me you know the voice my little voice is the thing that makes me different and rather than hiding all the time and pretending that I'm someone else or hiding behind someone else or trying to be a different kind of person um I realized it was the time to actually embrace it and you know once I did good things happened so there's there's a lot of reasons why being yourself in your business is a good thing <laughs> as you can tell so I created a brand um little voice big business and um, I started a podcast because I thought that was actually the scariest thing I could possibly do. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, since I talk honestly about this stuff rather than hiding and pretending that I'm, you know, confident and it's all fine because I'm not, um, people resonate with my message. You know, they get it and I attract people like me who maybe do feel shy and struggle with this idea of visibility or they're not quite sure how to be themselves in their business or whether they can go big in their business because they're not like super loud and shouty so yeah it's all good now but it, it's an like I said it's work in progress you know when I do these kind of interviews like I am today with you or giving a talk or anything really I get really nervous and I do like a lot of the kind of voices in my head are telling me to not do it and just stay at home and do nothing because it's safer <laughs> so yeah I push through and I, I think I like to show people that if I can do it and I sound like I do then they can do it too oh, that's fantastic that you went uh, against what uh, normal human beings do try to protect themselves so you did the opposite of what you thought at early stages so you you are actually now an international speaker you speak on stage and yeah. you have your own podcast so you did everything backwards and that's I guess that's where success comes from is those days that you you rather be uh, not on a podcast or not on a stage, but you actually are. That's yeah, I think it's about taking action um, in spite of your fears. So even when, so a funny thing, like I, so I wrote my book and then, you know, I went through all the 
the process and the drama and the hard work of actually writing a book and getting it published and it's all it's come out recently but so then rather than promote the book or tell anybody that I've written it you know my my gut instinct is to just not mention it to anybody (laughs) and just sit at home and be like okay nice it's a nice book it looks cool and just not not even like promote it or anything because you know what if no one likes it what if it's not good enough what if you know it sells but it's not like hugely successful then I'd be disappointed so really the safest option is to just put like um Netflix on and stay at home and just twiddle my thumbs and just eat ice cream and hang out but you know I feel like that would be a bit of a cop-out so I am trying to push through that but it is a kind of is a daily struggle (laughs) and I see three books yeah I wrote one in 2011 it was published with Hay House called there's more to life than shoes and that's all about women who've achieved great things and how they did it um, me and my friend went and interviewed all these amazing people. So can you imagine trying to like persuade someone to be interviewed for a book when no one had ever heard of us, and then having to actually interview them? So that was really a very sweaty experience for mm-hmm. me because I could, at the beginning I couldn't even ring anybody without getting in the right old, you know. A tizzy, so uh, that was fun. But then I wrote one for a university on how to start a business when you're a student, and then this one's my third one, which is published by Morgan James in America. So it's very cool, and it's called Little Me Big Business. And I'll show you because I have it here, just handy next to me. Look, it's pink. Little Me Big Business. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. But yeah, three books. So now I can actually say I'm a writer, I suppose. Yeah, an author, yeah. So I'll, <laughs> I'll put a link to, uh, to them on the, on the show notes. Okay, and, cool. And I, seen, I actually saw very good, um, very good reviews. There's no, no bad reviews whatsoever. <laughs> so everything is good. And I it's also... Good. <laughs> yeah. I, I also... Um, I've seen reviews on the internet of of you and i see it seems like women all over the world uh, love you is that your your niche is the female entrepreneurs yeah i guess so i mean it wasn't on purpose it just seems to be i do work with guys as well but it just seems that i attract a lot of women i think because um I talk about things which are quite common for us girls around confidence and bravery and shyness and stuff like that. I'm sure guys feel it too, but for some reason, my people just seem to be girls. I don't know, but I'm not going to like discriminate against anybody, but I think you just kind of, you know, you are you and the pe- your people find you. Um, yeah, I just, I really like the idea that we can all go bigger in our business and there's no reason why anybody in this day and age should be working really, really hard and not making any money. 
you know, to the mm-hmm. point where they can't continue their business. I just feel like that's so sad when that happens. And I, I know so many ways that people can um, structure and build their business differently, build it for bigness, you know, rather than getting three or four years down the line and going, oh, no, what a mess. <laughs> like it's much easier to sort it out you know early on and build it to scale if you do that then there's no limit on what you can achieve and I feel like it's super cool that we can do that now from our home I mean you can work with people all over the world and just be in your house it's so cool <laughs> yeah you still be doing your business with your pajamas yeah that's but- right which uh, yeah normally normally i do too and uh thank you because because we were going to do the video i i I took them off today (laughs) yeah but the thing is you see you kind of have on your top half you can wear normal clothes and then on the bottom half you can wear pajamas and slippers and the dog can be warming your feet and it's just really kind of cozy and nice i love that you know you don't have because i think when i ran the pr business with my business partner she was really keen for us to be huge you know she wanted us to have a fancy office to have offices around the world to have huge team of employees investors all this nonsense and i just felt like you don't need all that to be global to be big like i like the idea of a little big business where it is just you and you bring people in as you need them to do work for you and you automate um you outsource particular things you just work in a really smart way and and that way you can keep it kind of low stress i like low stress now i don't really want to be rushing around um and uh, you know we were talking earlier weren't we before we went on air about kids and i like to do the school run you know today i walk the dog with my son to school and it's just really nice to be able to do that rather than having to rush everywhere and feel like under so much pressure all the time whereas now it's kind of cool i'm like la, la, la. i'll go to the gym i'll do this i'll do that yeah i'll speak to my client in australia yeah i'll do that yeah i'll go and um be on a podcast in america cool i'll do that too and then make the dinner you know just watch a bit of telly all quite relaxed <laughs> <laughs> yeah i actually did that today too this is the second interview uh today and before the first interview i went and i dropped my daughter at the at the bus stop and then before this interview i went there and picked her up so. yeah see it's nice isn't it and i yeah. think you know but it being able to work in that way you can still scale and have a big impact on the world um you know i don't like the idea that just because i have a child and i work from home and i'm i you know i don't work full time i work a few hours a day i don't want that to limit what i can achieve i feel like it's amazingly smart that we can we can still impact thousands of people's lives all around the world and still be um, in our pajamas. Exactly. <laughs> so you uh, earlier you mentioned the the self doubts and 
when somebody has self-doubts, normally it's easy to do, uh, you know, you sabotage yourself or uh, you almost fail on purpose just because it's easier. Yeah. How, how can one avoid that? Uh, just because it, it's so easy when to sit on the couch and watch Tom and Jerry, like you said. Uh, how, how can you change and get up and, and do something that scares the crap out of you? Okay, so the first thing I would say is that just because you're on your own doesn't mean you have to be on your own. So um, when I first decided that I was going to take bigger strides forwards in my business and my life, I don't try and do things by myself anymore. I still want to be a lone ranger, but I bring in help <laughs> when I need help. And, you know, for a number of years, I was determined, and, you know, being English, we're very stubborn and not very good at getting help we just try and press on regardless and we can just do it all on our own but you know now I realize like so for example you mentioned I do boxing I would never dream of learning to box getting in a fight and having no one in my corner and not having a coach I mean why would what that would just be mad to do that it would be insanity so in my business I have people who help me with various things you know I know what I'm doing but mindset wise I need someone who's gonna kind of kick my bum occasionally and just say no you know that is that really is that really what's going on or are you kidding yourself because I'm pretty self-aware you know I've learned to be aware of things like procrastination like I said things like when I'm making decisions that keep me small or I'm hiding I know I'm doing it and I can pull myself out of it now but it's much easier when you have somebody to hold you to account and to um, question your decisions a little bit so I do think getting some help is a good thing um I think I've started to have, you know, and I recommend this to my clients, it's a bit weird, but you do need to have more of a conversation with yourself. So, for example, when you're procrastinating, so for me, procrastination is a bit like TV, hiding at home, and maybe just things like eating, like, I don't know, like, because I'm in the house, seem to spend time looking in the fridge, like, why do I do that? I'm not even hungry. I'm just like, la, 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 oh, look. Um, you know, oh, just staring at what's in the fridge. <laughs> it's crazy. So I've, I recognise the patterns. So I think it's important to start recognising what you do and why you're doing it. So the other thing I do is I start shopping online. And I don't buy anything necessarily, but I'm like looking at like something pointless. Like, oh, I wonder if this website has the perfect pencil skirt. Oh. and I'll just go and like look at loads of skirt why I don't even need one like what am I doing and I so now I notice that's what I'm doing and I'm like right what is happening what am I actually avoiding doing and you can have this kind of chat with yourself where you try and you know talk yourself back into doing the thing that you need to do um 
The other thing I would say is that I try not to think about confidence. Instead, I think about bravery and how, because I feel like people are either confident or they're not. Like you're either, oh, she's such a confident person. And I don't feel particularly confident, but I can be brave. I can practice being brave and I can do brave things. So um, step by step and bit by bit, you can do a tiny thing that's brave for you. So I think taking the pressure off yourself to be confident all the time and just maybe doing something that's a little bit brave um so for example um making a video like if you've never done one before just do one you don't even have to show it to anybody just record it like at least just do it and show it to yourself um and then maybe after you've done that you might feel like well actually <laughs> i could do a live stream and maybe I just won't watch it afterwards <laughs> but at least I can do it you know and it's just like a tiny little thing each time one thing after another and it sort of leads to the next thing and um you know soon enough if you continue to take action and do brave things even tiny brave things I feel like it builds and suddenly you are brave but you didn't even really need to you didn't notice it happening. It was just a kind of gradual thing. Yeah. And then people around you may not notice those brave things because uh, a brave thing to you may be completely normal to them. Yeah. Uh, but who cares what anybody thinks anyway? I think I just I don't even pay attention too much. Mm -hmm. Like a weird, a weird thing I had to do was having a little party for my book launch. And I gave a talk. And I was so, it was so awkward because my husband was there, my son was there and some friends were there. And I'd never talked about the voice thing to them. Like, even though it's in my book, I'm fairly sure that, you know, that's sort of different to actually saying it in front of people. Oh my goodness, I was, you know, we were drinking and we were eating all the potato chips, as you call them, cheese balls. They're my favourite. And um, so, and it was definitely time for me to say something. Like it was getting to the point in the evening where I just had, like, if I didn't say something, it would just be the weirdest book launch ever where there was no purpose or no kind of focus. <laughs> So I was like, right, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. And I was having this kind of conversation with myself. And, you know, I'm really glad I did it in the end. And everyone was really impressed that I'd done it. But, oh, my goodness, it was scary to actually kind of say those things in front of people. But I feel like people ultimately want you to succeed. Otherwise, they are not your friends. So sometimes we worry a lot about what people are going to say or think. And really, if they don't think positive things or um, if they're not inspired by you and they're not supportive, then you shouldn't really be hanging out with them anyway. And you definitely shouldn't be married to them if mm. you are. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really like that because if they're not thinking positive for you, it doesn't matter what they think anyway. It's yeah, exactly. I mean, criticism, obviously, like, is fine for if you invite criticism or you ask people what they think and they give you, like, 
kind of um, constructive feedback but if people know that you're um, worried about something and you push through and you do it then they should all be pretty encouraging mm. so you'll feel better when you've done it just I think one little thing at a time don't try and overwhelm yourself with doing a whole load of mad things in one go because then you might put yourself off so I think it's just one step and um, maybe even like one little thing every week to drive your business forward and then soon enough you'll gather momentum and it'll feel a lot easier yeah it's also nice to, to have like you said a criticism that is uh, constructive criticism and I have in one of my business I have a partner who uh, he, every single answer he will give you will be pure honesty and so uh, I really like that and I well I, I love him and everything that I ask him he will tell me the truth he doesn't tell me what I want to hear mm -hmm. and sometimes uh, he told me stuff that like oh man I I kind of felt that that was the you know but after somebody tells you like okay I gotta change this and I changed a few things and when I launched the, the fail fast podcast and I asked him to hear it and he told me certain things and like oh, you know what I was thinking that as I was doing it but uh, so we need to hear that and we have to have to be able to know how to take that criticism if it's yeah, positive. For sure for sure and I but I think that raises an interesting point as well that you know you're not on your own so when you're say you're setting up a podcast or creating a video channel or um or some kind of business venture if you're by yourself it's really easy to become so absorbed in what you're doing that you can't really see anymore what's going on and that's when you see people who are kind of looping round in circles unable to make decisions because they're so embedded in what's happening and i think um having people around you that when when you need it they give you a fresh perspective and they give you advice i think that's really important and i often reference the fact that you know i used to be a consultant so companies pay big companies pay a lot of money to bring fresh um, eyes in on a problem you know they hire people to come and solve stuff for them because they recognize that actually when you're um, employed somewhere and working on it day after day after day it's hard to see what's really you know required and I think and yet when we're on our own running our own business we're like no no I don't pos I can't possibly do that I don't need anyone's opinion or you know any feedback and I'm, often people are even scared of going to ask their potential customers what they need and what they want because they're so kind of convinced that they know it already. And I worry when I hear that because I think, you know, you need to be open <laughs> to hearing what's the truth rather than your perceived um, truth. So now I was just thinking of a one of the uh, reviews that I've seen uh, somebody give you or oh of you mentioned that uh, she, the lady said Nadia is the one that gave me permission to have balls <laughs> what is that all about 
Okay, so one of the things, one of the things I talk about is bravery, and I say, you know, because I'm all about going big, so I help people um, unleash their big personality to create big packages that keep their customers and their clients coming back over and over again, and then. Uh, and I help them create big profit in their business so we do sensible stuff like looking at their pricing and things like that but then also one of the things that I get people to do um, is have balls and like be brave in their business and by that I'm talking about um, being brave enough to be visible being brave enough to to take a risk every now and again to try new things you know one thing um i see happening hang on one second i'm just gonna cough <coughs> oh, one of the things i see happening is that people forget that as entrepreneurs we're about innovation and innovation is about being brave being brave enough to try new stuff and solve problems that nobody else has solved and do things in a new way. Often we're so obsessed with um, doing what someone else has done and trying to kind of emulate them or taking a blueprint for success or a formulae and copying it. And we forget that actually being an entrepreneur is there's an element of innovation in there and risk and being a bit of a rebel and I feel like sometimes we've lost that so that's one of the things I try to encourage and the other thing I want people to do is be brave enough to be themselves in their business so for me when I started to be myself when I faced up to the thing that scared me the thing that I was hiding from ultimately my little voice good things happened um and yet <laughs> there's a tendency for people to try and just be like everybody else you know you see people kind of almost aping other people copying them trying to be exactly like them using their formats using their graphics using the colors using their like their tone of voice and it's just so fake and i'd really like more people to have the balls to um embrace who they actually are and face up to the things that make them unique because then the world would be a much more interesting place don't you think if everybody was you know, creating really interesting, authentic businesses. I'd love to see that. I just feel like it would make the world a much richer place. And, um, yeah, if we had the guts to stop just kind of trying to be the same as everyone else, really. That is, that's such a great point. And I have mixed feelings about part of it because part of me, uh, as an entrepreneur, I want to create something that doesn't exist, something that can be, uh, I'll be remembered for creating that, you know, like Uber when it came out yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. And those ideas become what uh, Silicon Valley calls the, the unicorns, that they become the billion dollar companies just, just like that. But at the same time, there's that don't reinvent the wheel idea like um 
for example, for creating sales funnels. And I don't know if you heard, I, I, I use click funnels and Russell Brunson always talks about uh, just copy what already works. And that is very easy, very quick to hack somebody's funnel and just copy it, make it your own somewhat by changing a few things and use a proven system uh, that temporarily will work for you very mm -hmm. good. Uh, but in the long run, the, the goal is to find that unicorn and that is what I want. Mm -hmm. uh, so do you, do you also have the temporary quick solutions, the, the, the funnel hacking, for example? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be stupid about it and just be like, oh, I'm deliberately not going to use this thing that works because someone else has used it. Like, that's not smart. Like, I want to be smart about it. So if there's a way of doing something that works, then you'd be a fool to ignore it. However, it's things like I'm not going to rip off somebody's copy and their tone of voice because if I did that, then somebody would read what I'd written and be like, who the hell is this? Why is she, why is she suddenly talking like that? That doesn't sound right. Um, however, I'm not going to like not use funnels because somebody else created the concept. Like that doesn't make sense to me. However, I am always looking for that kind of disruptive innovation. So, for example, um, you know, I I have a program. I have one program which is an academy, which is a kind of um, an accepted format, you know, people create programs. It's a group program. There's weekly group calls and it's all about helping people scale and create consistent 5K months. Like that's the profit pack. So that's, you know, pretty standard. However, um, the way I like to make it unique is because I add, you know, there's a lot of personal contact. So, um, the weekly group calls with me, you know, they can ask me questions in the group and they get actual answers and it stays true to my values, I suppose. And it's delivered in a style, because it's me, it's delivered in a style that I feel completely comfortable with. And like just funny things, like when you're in the profit pack, you're called a profiterole. <laughs> like, because I was thinking like, what words have the word profit in and then I was like fiddling around in the dictionary and I was like oh my god profiterole mm -hmm. starts with profit so you know I can like bring a bit of personality to it so that's kind of a little bit of innovation but not much however it gets results so it'd be crazy to kind of disrupt the whole thing and go well I'm not going to use that because someone else has a group program because I know that it works. However, I have, you know, then I'm looking to create new things, like innovative things. Um, so I also have a coaching helpline, which nobody else is doing. Like, nobody else has this kind of product. I'm not sure why, but, you know, Cochica, that's what it's called. And the idea behind Cochica is that you can message and ask a question when you get stuck. So... If you're like, oh, what should I charge? I need to review my pricing, or can you help me look at my sales page, etc. I can help. And the idea behind it is, because I'm disruptive, I can't help it, is I think that business coaching should be available and affordable for everyone who needs it, rather than it being, you know, 
fairly um, high priced. Um, so I created something that broke some of the rules around how people tend to work. You know, I disrupted the status quo by creating something a little bit revolutionary um, that changes things up. So, you know, you don't have to chuckle your innovation into one thing. You can have something that's a bit standard that people are used to seeing, they're used to the academy kind of format. And then you can have something else which is, you know, potentially bigger um, and a little bit out there that maybe people are not used to. And do you, um, do you want to have these disruptive ideas? And like I said, it's kind of my dream too is to have one of those. Mm. How is it that you can work towards that? Uh, for example, I'm going to give you my example. Sometimes I'm, I'm alone, I have some free time, and I sit down and instead of going through my phone on Facebook Marketplace mm. or whatever, I actually try to think of things that would help me, help uh, mankind, help society. And, you know, I always think of, there's things that come up, ideas that already exist. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, okay, so you're kind of the idea, so the, the process of having ideas. Well, I think because I was trained in um, idea generation, it's kind of it's in me so I know different techniques but it's also just something that comes naturally to me where things come up so if you're someone who's who wants to have more ideas so I kind of meet different types of people so there's the people who have too many ideas and they're like oh my god I have all these ideas I don't even know what to do with them and I can't um, action anything I'm totally overwhelmed because I've got too many ideas. So someone like that, um, I, can, I work with them to sort of build the ideas and then sift through them so we can choose the good ones. So that's one issue and thing to do. If you're stuck having ideas and you have, you know, you've got the opposite problem, I think sitting at home and literally like racking your brains is really hard, <laughs> like that's not the way to have ideas, um, because it's like, okay, this is a bit gross, but I'll say anyway, it's a bit like if you're constipated and you're going to the toilet, like you can't like force it out, can you? Like it doesn't come out, so that's not the way to do it. So what, an idea, um, sort of generate an idea generating technique um, that I like to use um, is I think about problems uh, that need solving so think of two sides on the one side you've got the person you're helping um, so say a, a local business like what are they struggling with what are all the things that they need help with on the other side you've got your ideal customer so who who like the different stakeholders if you like so what assets for example let's think about you like what do you have that they might need so you've got two sides so them all the problems that need solving you all the like knowledge and assets that you have and just like write them down two separate lists and then start taking one thing and crashing it into the other side. So let's say 
you're really great at, I don't know, tell me something you're really great at, podcasting, yeah? Pretty sure. good at podcasting. Okay, so if you're like, right, one of the things I'm really passionate about, one of the things I'm great at is podcasting. And then you've got these businesses and one of the things they're struggling with is maybe how to help their wider community. They want to have a bigger impact in the community. Then you can sit there and go, hmm, well, what if I took podcasting and used that to solve that problem and crashed it into that other thing? What would come up? What ideas could I have? And then you could say, right, I'm going to take podcasting again. I'm going to take another problem, which is maybe, I don't know, they can't retain their women after they've had babies. Like no one's coming back to work. So what could that look like if podcasting crashed into that particular problem? What would you create then? Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you go really broad and you end up having loads of ideas. And that's okay because that's the point, you're like inexpansive thinking. And then what you do is you rate the ideas and build them and whittle it down to the good ones. So yeah, I think sitting at home and going, I need to have an idea, that's really hard. Whereas um, using your assets and your abilities and matching it with the problem that you want to solve and all the different ones that kind of leads to so many more ideas. It's really fun to do as well. Very good. You know, I follow uh, Elon Musk on Twitter. Uh, he has, uh, there's two accounts that he manages is this Elon Musk uh, account and then the board Elon Musk. Oh God. And the board Elon Musk is so fantastic. And it's incredible. It's ideas, um, product ideas, businesses ideas. Every day he comes up with something and he tweets it. He doesn't launch them like some of them he did, like the flamethrower and all that stuff. But some he, every day he comes up with ideas that I, I see them and I, how can that even come out of someone's head? How is that? And it's it is incredible and yeah I think some people just are ideas people but you know but I mean in some ways so I'm not I'm nothing like him but I do have a lot of ideas so what I've started to do is I I give them to people a bit like he does I suppose but more more targeted so I've started to hand them off to other people because I can't action them all, like I don't have time. Mm. And I'm also not the best completer finisher. <laughs> like, I don't want to like, run that business. I think it's a great idea, but I don't want to do it. So I'd much rather give it to someone who's going to do it and actually who, for whom it makes sense to do um, rather than for me to do something which is completely random and doesn't work with what I'm doing now or anything else I've ever done. So, you know, ideas in themselves, I think are great, but an idea that doesn't get actioned is kind of just a thought. Like, if you don't do anything with it, it's, you know, it's all well and good to be like, oh, you know, I had that idea, but if you didn't actually... Um, implement it yeah it, it means nothing so um, 
yeah I think I love ideas I'm super passionate about it and if anybody's listening and they need help then just let me know because I can sort you out but just remember um, there's a couple of like little disciplines that you can use to help you so that technique I said is pretty useful but also just accepting that you're in um, idea generation mode um, and not being freaked out by that because I think sometimes people are like I've had I've had five ideas it's too much that's not too much you can have a hundred but you just accept that at this point I'm in expansive ideas mode and then after that comes the building and the sifting and the rating of the ideas if you never do that you're going to drive yourself nuts the other thing you can do is if you have ideas at a random time when uh, you're not in the mood to like deal with it um just keep it somewhere safe like have a notebook or use ever is it evernote or something yeah, like that um or just a box put it in a box and just because if you keep that idea like lurking in your brain um and you're kind of half holding on to it because you don't want to forget it the problem with that is you can't think clearly and it kind of clouds everything else that you do because it's trying to come out. Whereas if you've put it somewhere, it's like a little creature. <laughs> like if you put it in a box somewhere and you're like, little creature, I'll come back for you later. Then you can get on with running your business um, without being distracted by the little idea creature running around. And I don't know who said it, but there's a saying that I really enjoy, and it's uh, the best ideas in the world are in the cemetery because people didn't take action on them and they took them to the grave with them. So uh, that's why it's important to take action when you're actually passionate about something and you have some of those great ideas. And yeah, for sure. <laughs> Nadia, you mentioned that uh, if somebody... Um, wants your help or somebody requires your services where would they find you or how do they find you yeah so um i would recommend you head over to my website nadiafina.com um if you're interested in actual help like one-to-one -one help you can book in and chat to me um we can have a call together and I can see what's going on and see if I can help you. And then there's lots of other ways of working with me too that you can look at. And also my book that we mentioned, you can get that on Amazon, um, Little Me Big Business. And there's a lot of the stuff we've covered today. We go in, are going to more depth um, in the book. So yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy it as well. Awesome. And at this time, uh, I don't know the number of the episode this is going to be. I'm thinking maybe 28, 29. Either way, uh, if you're listening to this right now, you can go to the show notes at the failfastpodcast.com and you'll have all the links to Nadia and Nadia's books on the show notes. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. And it's been really interesting to chat through some of this innovation stuff. I think we've got lots of uh, things in common. <laughs> yes, for sure. Nadia, thanks for coming. And uh, I really appreciate all the nuggets that you gave to our audience. And, oh, you're uh, welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you and all the best. Thank you. Bye. Bye.